Okay. Welcome to RPD. This is Saratova Beth. We are learning Parshas Akev. Um, and we're focusing on the Avaida. We're approaching Shabbos Mavarsh and Elul. And we're focusing on the Avaida of Anila Daidi Vidaidi Li. I am to my beloved, beloved, my beloved is to me. And here's the question. There are two, there are three Avaidas here. One is Anila Daidi. I am my, to my beloved. So I guess the question would come up. What do I do? What, what, what do I want to be focusing on when I'm thinking about relating to my beloved? That's one question. And the Daidi Li is the other Avaida. What do I want to be focusing on to be able to receive the love of my beloved, which is Hashem? And I was just saying before, in these days, how perhaps, since, since they seem to be very chaotic times, how do you know that Hashem is reaching out to you? Maybe when you feel chaos. Because his hug is so giant that you don't know how to... You have to have really very developed vessels to um, understand, oh, Hashem is reaching out to me. So it feels very chaotic. It feels, you know, it's like putting on a, you know, if you're size 12 and you put on a coat that's size 24, it's just, you can't, you know, or or you put on shoes that are three times the size of your feet, you can't even relate to them as shoes. You didn't know their shoes. They just, you know, it's like it's like it's like getting a pair of shoes. Let's say custom-made shoes that are the size of a, a pair of small canoes. Now a canoe is pretty big, so you're and you're going to put these on your feet, one foot in each canoe, and they're they're small canoes, and you don't recognize them as shoes. If they were shrunk down, imagine, you know, you have some kind of an app that enables you to shrink down the canoe and then expand it. So if you shrink it down, you actually find out that it's actually a shoe just expanded. And, it, and it, you know, it's a, it would be some kind of a, an app that probably is expensive to, to download. But there, there could be such a thing. It's not... It's not it's not a big thing to have such a thing. It's not. It's not complicated. It just probably costs a little money to create such a thing or to to buy such a thing. But you wouldn't recognize these two canoes as shoes because you just don't know how to relate to them because they're so unshoe-like until you shrink them down and then you realize, well, these are my shoes. Wow, that's unbelievable. Wait a minute, those shoes were in my. Wait a minute, how did those shoes were in my closet before? And then, whatever your brother says, yeah, I know. I um, I took. Sorry, I took your shoes, and I um, I wanted to try my new app, so I expanded them and made them into canoes. That sounds crazy. It's not crazy. Another two, three years, you're going to have it for everybody. But you won't relate to those two canoes as shoes because they're completely it feels t- totally chaotic completely out of your realm. So maybe when Hashem relates to us, the Daidi Li, Hashem relates to us, we don't know how to understand it. We just feel something's happening. And maybe that's when we feel the chaos in the days before Elul. So now there's a third energy in all of this, and that's called Kibur Shneim Yachad. Put the two together, and the Daidi Vidaidi Li. Those, that's the Rosh of the word Elul. Because, oh, here's an explanation beyond my thought. Anid Ladaidi is the Avaita of a person in purifying the lower world. You have a job to do. Not just clean your house, sweep your floor. Our job is to sweep the floor of the whole world. Our job is to mop up, extract the holiness, clean up the whole world. That's what we're here for. So the Avaita of cleaning up the world, Biru, which is called Biru, from below to above, you do it down here in this world. And in order to clean up the world to do Biru, you have to really um, be there on the level of the world. Usually, that's one way to do it. That means um, 
um, you know, you have to, you know, if I want to have some effect on um, whatever the choice of products in a in a in a store, I kind of have to go to that store and see what they have to be in the store. You know, they say, well, we don't. You know, they they want to hear people's opinions about what products they want. No, we only want to hear from customers. We're not. Don't please don't send us your opinions unless you're a customer. Okay, so I have to go to the store and I have to see what they have. So this of Nilidaidi is you're down here in the world and you're purifying the world. And what does this do when you're cleaning up the world? It brings the person to the to the revelation of Daidi. It brings you to the point where your beloved Hashem can you can relate to him. You're on enough of a a level that there's some relationship between you. But how how strong can the relationship be? How much can you relate to him? So it's measured according to the parameters of you down here in this world. From the aniladaisi, ani, which is lower than anisi. So that means you're down here in the world and you're relating to Hashem, but you're not relating to Hashem in his biggest form. You're relating to Hashem as much as you can understand him from being in Home Depot. Right? There's a certain understanding you can have about Hashem in Home Depot, but um, it's not the same that as the as the understanding of Hashem that you'll you'll have when you're learning, you know, the Mimer's Tafresh Ayin Base or something like that. But it has the Mila. What's the advantage of I go to Home Depot and I'm there and I'm looking at all the two by fours and the one by twos and the different kinds of wood, and I'm doing it to build something that is part of the base of Nizish. So, but it's not the highest level, but it comes through my Avaita. So whatever I learn there, it's mine. It's mine. I got it. I earned it. I really relate to it. It's not some concept that I heard at a class and some speaker talked about it. I got it. So now, Vidaivi Lee, when Hashem relates to us, that's achieved through the Avaita of a, of a Yid, Me'enze, from above to below. When your neshama shines to you, your neshama, which is a part of Hashem, it starts to shine. And that doesn't so much permeate your Home Depot stuff. You know, when you're in Home Depot, you're not, whatever it is, when you're, you know, in the middle of Manhattan and you're in the middle of all the Balagan, you're not feeling your neshama shining so much. It's kind of distracted. And so that kind of shining doesn't sort of permeate the lowest world so much because it comes from a revelation from above. That's the low, that's, that's the downside. What's the upside? It reaches a higher level in Gili Elokos, in revealing Hashem, in, in experiencing Hashem. The revelation of Daidi. There the focus is on, I get to know who Daidi is. I get to know who my beloved is. Because my neshama is, is, my neshama has fewer distractions. So when my neshama is reaching up to Hashem and exploring the relationship with Hashem, it's a much cleaner, purer kind of relationship. It's less distracted by all the noise of Manhattan and all of that. So which one is better? Because that's beautiful, but it's not so much my relationship with Hashem, because he did most of the work. So what if you put the two together? Anila Daidi and Daidi Lee. The level of, of godliness, Daidi, which is higher than Ani, higher than you down here, is revealed in an inner way in the Ani, down here, in this world. And it becomes one thing. There's no split between them. And how does that happen? How do you make a Shidduch between two opposites, Hashem's highest presence and me down here? 
revelation of essence, which is revealed through the Ani down here in this world. So, what does that mean? The full revelation of the Daidi Li um, and, and of the Yesha Niti is achieved and, and um, revealed in Anila Daidi. Okay, this is a very subtle concept, the Yesha Nivra. In other words, if you really want to experience Hashem and you being a piece of Hashem, and you really want to experience what's called the Yesha Miti. Hashem is the ultimate truth. He's the ultimate Yesh. He's the ultimate truth. It's achieved down here in your existence, in this physical world. Because in general, anything that you do will start from the bottom and work up. Remember the olden days, you got a job and you worked from the bottom and you worked up? The world of Asiya, Yitzira, Bria, etc. And what happens? When you start to work at the bottom, godliness above the creation starts to be revealed. These are very cryptic thoughts in the Ani, and it becomes Daidi Li. Wherever it says Ani, Ali, wherever Hashem said to me, it's forever. In the Li of the Ani, in you, Hashem is to me. He's mine. Hashem becomes mine. And he wants, you know, you feel like, that's disgusting. Like, excuse me. Do you know who Hashem is? And Like, you can't claim that Hashem is yours. And he's so much bigger than you. You can't claim that he's yours. And Hashem is saying, no, 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 please do. Claim me as yours. Claim me as, like, I'll be your one and only, and you can be my one and only. So in a way, for Hashem, when we grab onto him, he's he's saying to us, you're my one and only. I'm not sharing you with everyone. You know, he's not saying, you know, like, come on, let's face it. What do you think? I have nothing to do other than think about you. You know, I have billions of creations. I have all Klal Yisrael, and I have, like, you know, don't uh, think uh, I have so much time to devote to you. No. Hashem says, I have nothing other than to pay attention to you. True, everybody else has gets the same answer. But for Hashem, it's true. It's not, you know, you know these kind of con artists, Lahavdil, that say, you're the only one in my life, and like, and then you travel around the world and you find out that, you know, Everybody said, you know, this person told me I'm the only one in their life. That's funny. He told me that. Told me that. There's about 50 of them all over the world. When Hashem says it, it's true. There's no con artist there. God forbid. God forbid. When Hashem says it, it's true. You're the only one for me. Because Hashem operates and can operate, chooses to operate, down here in this world, but also on a frequency in which you can be the only one for him. And that can be happening simultaneously for everybody. Him to eat, him, him to this one and him to that one and him to that one. And it's all true. Because there's a certain frequency at which literally you're the only one for him. And he can do that in billions and billions and billions of places all at the same time. Hashem can do it. We can't. If you tell somebody you're the only one for me, well, at this second. <laughs> but Hashem transcends all time and space. So, um, in the Li of the Ani, in Hashem is to me, I'm just going to read the word. There you have a Yesh Amiti Venitsi. You really grasp Hashem's eternal beinghood, above time, above space, above the creation. Because things that are connected, that are in the creation, things of the world have to, are in time and space and all of that. But you're able to grasp, so this is what I said, okay, now I'm seeing it in the words. You're able to experience, I am the only one for Hashem, because he does that in that space that's above time and space. 
in that frequency. So here's a fundamental point that when you are doing your soul reckoning, your cheshpan and nefesh, for the month of Elul, in the month of Elul, you want to ask yourself three questions. How did you do this past year? How did you do the Avaita Vanila Daidi? I, I'm my beloved. How many kaifas and how much effort did you put into this Avaita? And how much kaif did you put into the bearer of your, the, the purifying your body and your part of the world? That's the first question. Then you have a second question. We're not here to be satisfied with, you know, the easy stuff and how I did with myself, but I want to do a reckoning, a cheshpan. How I did with the Avaita of the Daigili, Hashem relates to me. Well, what does that mean? Isn't that his job? So, since you have a neshama that is one with Hashem, and Hashem is Melachai Bekayim. So Hashem gives you your neshama every single every single morning. So when when you're when you're relating to Hashem, when you're relating to Hashem. You can understand, you know, what's my avida? Hashem is reaching out to me, so let him do it. What, what, what does that have to do with me? But your neshama is a part of Hashem. So it's almost like, you know, surrogate, <laughs> surrogate healing work, you know, surrogate reaching out. It's your neshama reaching down. You, it's almost like you have, so to speak, Hashem embedded in you in your neshama. And your neshama reaches down to the everyday part of you that's in your body. So you have that ability to do it. That's also sort of a cryptic thought. But And we want one more question. So how am I doing in kind of giving my neshama the power to reach down into my life? How did I do that this past year? And then one more question. How did I do in putting the two together? Even if you're at the completion of your Avaita, and um, you, you want to know, how am I doing with my soul and my body, my nisham and my guf? And Dhaka, the Anila Daidi, in the Anila Daidi is the revelation of Daidi Lee. Okay. Okay, let's see. We left out one question, um, which maybe we'll say at the end about the this year being Rosh Chodesh Elul, Shabbos, and Sunday. Maybe we'll say it at the end. So, so when a Jew, when a Yid makes a Cheshpan Tzedek about his own Avaida, his small world, his little small world, He's actually making a cheshvan on his portion of the world. And through that, he has the kayach to make a cheshvan for the whole world. So I want to repeat that. When you are doing your cheshvan, your soul searching, your reckoning, how did I do last year in my portion of the world, in purifying my portion of the world? And how am I planning to do this coming year? What happens is, you actually have the ability to make decisions about the entire world. It's called, in Lashon Chazal, Let's think about the reckoning of the whole world. The Ramam says, through one mitzvah, you have the ability to tip the scale of the whole world. So, okay. So now we have, now we want to understand what that has to do with Parsha's Akev. 
Okay, so now we want to know what it all has to do with Parshas Akev. So we were saying right at the beginning, if you feel chaotic in this week, it's possibly because Hashem is reaching out to give us a hug, or we said Hashem relates to each one of us to give you a hug, and his hug is so giant, it's like putting, it's like wearing wearing the shoes that each one is a canoe, and you don't relate to them being shoes at all until they're shrunk down. So Hashem's hug is so big, and his reaching out is so big, as we go, as we go up to the month of Elul, um, therefore, therefore, it's hard to, there's a sense of chaos, perhaps. So now we want to ha- know what it has to do with Parshish Akiv. Akiv means several things, from one extreme to the other. Akiv means Mitzvah Kalash, Adam, Dash Akiv means the light mitzvahs that you can step on with your heel. The simple things that it's easy to step on with your heel, overlook. Obviously, there's a whole lot more in that. It's not as simple as it sounds, but just picture, you know, the simple little misses you, you might sort of just step on with your heel, whatever that means. And then the others who who explain say, Akev means Achris Sasais, the end. It's called in Lashon Akaitis, Akaitis Trilis Koldover Belashon Reish, so the beginning of all things and the end of all things. So we're talk, talking about the end of all things, Akev, the bottom of the barrel. Um, the person's head is, a, is the beginning and his foot and, his, and specifically his heel is the end. How do you know his heel is the end? I mean, it's, your whole weight is on your heel. And, of course, if your head is very sensitive and your head is used for the ultimate, which is to know Hashem and to discover Hashem and get to know him better and better and better, if you're sensitive, your heel is the most insensitive part. Okay. when it says Akev also that the reward is at the end. So we're talking about the end, the end, the bottom, the end, insensitive, and also, what are we talking about? The kind of stuff that, you know, I'm just going to step on. So when it says Vayihi, Vahaya Akev Tishmon, that's such a strange way of explaining it. Hashem says, if you're going to, if you listen to what I tell you, so just say if. What's Akev about? If he'll listen, like, what, what is this? The Akev, Tishma. It means, it's implying, the reward that comes at the end. At the bottom, at the end of the whole thing. And that fits with Akev, which means Ba'avur. Ba'avur means for the purpose of. Vahaya Akib, Sulib, because of Vas Demvas, that on account of this, you know, it's kind of a bridge, Akib, the heel. Sort of is. I mean, when you think about it, think about your heel, you don't think of your heel as a bridge because it's in a funny shape, um, but it's sort of the, the bridge between the earth and you. So it is sort of, it's that interface. It's the bottom of you. And and the first part of you that connects with the earthiness of the world. So when you're thinking about your portion in the world, your heel is hitting it first. You know, when they say he dug in his heels. It doesn't mean he, or she dug in her heels. She was just like, she put her heels in, she dug them in, and I'm not moving. You know, it's kind of grounding yourself. You know, you want to convince somebody, come on, why don't you just try, you know, essential oils. It's unbelievable they do such good things. No, absolutely no. Why don't you just try taking this vitamin? 
No, 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 no. She digs in her heels. <laughs> you can talk to the wall. She digs in her heels. You're not moving her. She will not move forward. When you dig in your heels, you're not walking. You're, you're just like, mm, you're grounding yourself. You just went deeper into the earth when you dug in your heels. So now where do you end and where did the earth start? You sort of become, when you're, when you're sort of running lightly, you know, running on the beach, think of that. You're running on the beach, you know, you're jogging on the beach. So your feet are for a split second touching the sand. Or you're just walking quickly on the beach, you know, and perfect day, perfect breeze and all of that. So you're barely touching the sand. But when you dig in your heels, you're not getting anywhere so fast. Because you just became part of the sand. You just became part of the beach. You're sort of connected to the beach, connected to the sand. And you're sort of stationary. So I'm just saying, where do you end and where does the beach begin? I don't know, because your heels are kind of confusing you. Like, wait, are you part... Are you part of the beach or are you a separate person? You know, are you separate or are you one of the fixtures of the beach? You know, stand there long enough with your heels dug in and people might think, well, they'll for sure think you're the lifeguard. (laughs) Right? They'll for sure think you're the lifeguard because you've been standing in that place for the past 12 hours. So they're obviously going to come up to you and ask you, you know, is the swimming okay? And you say, well, why are you asking me? And they said, oh, if you were just standing there and not moving with your heels dug in, I figured you were the lifeguard. And the lifeguard, by the way, when you think of the lifeguard, you sort of feel like the lifeguard is part of the beach. You know, oh, they're real people that actually finish, go off duty. You know, the pool where I go to now, so 6.30, they do like this, bee, and they blow their whistle and say, lifeguards are off duty. It's, you know, usually they blow their whistle to tell you, lifeguards are here. Watch yourself. But lifeguards are off duty. Ding. So you kind of, and it's a little bit jarring because you figure like the lifeguard is part of the pool. They're, they just, they, they come with the pool. It's like, you know, pool is installed and the lifeguard is part of it. So you feel like a beach, the lifeguard is part of it. So your heel makes you part of the other reality. So it's a bridge. Manhattan Bridge. Is it in Brooklyn or Manhattan? I don't know. It's just part of Manhattan, right? Like your heel. Just part of the sand, part of the beach, part of the earth, right? So all of that, Hashem says, but he achiv. For this, that, and, and the purpose of, when you do all this stuff, but you understand the implication, you know, you're going to, now we have the visual of kind of, Hashem is using that, that word, Akev, and I guess he's sort of inviting us to dig your heels into his commandments so that they sort of become inseparable from you. You're, wait, the commandments are you, you're the, are they something that you read, some, excuse me, code of law that you read. No, they're they're you. Your heels are dug into them. They're just like, excuse me, you can't separate from them. So, let's go back to I think, or no, sorry, sorry, we're going back to Akev. So these words, so Akev is, it's, it's, it's the end. It's also Simple things, light things that you can step on with your heel. It's a lot of different stuff. A lot of energy in that word akev. So both explanations are in the same pasuk and the same word. So obviously they're connected. What is the connection between these two explanations? They're so different. Akev means a very low thing, a very low level in Avaida. It's almost like mitzvahs, the beginning of the Vita, mitzvahs called it's like kindergarten. It's the kindergarten stuff. Like things that are so basic and so simple, you know, you won't even notice them. And they're the things that you have to be really careful about because they, you won't even notice them. 
you sort of they they just you just you won't notice them. They seem so insignificant. They can kind of fly away. Dashvikov, it's like a piece of straw under your under your 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 heel. Simple like the the baby stuff, I think. But the second explanation of, of Akev, which is talking about the reward you get for that, that's at the end when you've completed the whole thing. And you've, wow, purified your thoughts, your speech, your deeds. So one is like the beginning of the kindergarten stuff, and the end is, you know, Ph.D. level. And then Rashi asks the question, Akev Asher Tishama, in another place in Taira, Akev Asher Shama Avram Bukhaili. Because Avram Avinu, that's a way a long ago, long time ago in the Chumash. Avram Avinu, listen to, listen to my voice. And Rashi does not explain it. That's odd. That would really be a place. What do you mean, Akif? What's this? The heel and Avram, Avram Avinu, listen to me. What's with the word Akif? Akif means Bavur, because of. Because of this, because of this, that Avram Avinu listens to my voice, and therefore I will do this good thing for him. All right, fine. So it means because of this. Hmm. All right, that's kind of boring. But um, so Rashi does come to the word Akev in our parsha, and then he wakes up so to speak. Sorry, if any disrespect. And over there, he feels like he has to talk about it. Didn't talk about it before with Avram Avinu. All of a sudden, he says, well, you might be wondering what this word Akev, why, why, why Hashem is using this word Akev. And the answer could be, says Rabbi Yesh, and maybe the answer is the revelation of the completeness, the completion of your Avaida. Akev meaning the end when it's all done and completed. Which is what? The Daidili. Hashem is totally reaching out to me and I, I'm there. Time for the wedding with Hashem. How do you do it? Daska through the beginning of the invite of the kindergarten stuff. In the simple stuff. Amila Daidi. So when it comes to the whole month of Elul, it is the last month of the year. We've done a whole year's Avaida. But interestingly, of course, it's also the beginning. And it starts with the letter Aleph. Ani Elul, Aleph. Because when we begin the Avaida, when we're only at the Aleph stage, we're already at the end. Now that's a revolution. When we, Hashem has made it, and certainly in this generation, you see that through the Nasi Hadar, something wondrous has been achieved. That when you begin, you're already at the end. I just want to stop on this for a second. We were talking about it the other day. Once upon a time, a generation ago, you got a job, as the one who serves coffee, you know, goes and gets coffee for everybody in a company and you started at the bottom and after 50 years you got to a certain job, a certain seniority and you had your office and the corner office and people working and you were, you know, people working under you and all of that. You worked your way up. It took 50 years. Nobody does that anymore. Today everybody makes their own company. Day one, they called themselves the CEO of the company. Halavai in other generations, you would never dream of ever becoming the CEO. Maybe you would be somebody that the CEO would actually know your name and say, hi, how are you doing? In the elevator, like, wow, 50 years it took, you know, hey, Joe, how are you doing? Yeah, things are going well, great. Maybe the CEO would, after 50 years, the CEO will call you in to his office for a meeting. Wow, I got there. 50 years to work to the point where the CEO called me into his office for a meeting. That was then. Started at the bottom and worked to the top, and it took 50 years. Now, 
You're the CEO. How did you become the CEO? I don't know. It's my company. How did you make it your company? I made, built myself a website. I don't want to give away all the trade secrets. I built myself a website. I bought a domain name. And I decided I'm the CEO. And everybody else is doing it. Why not? And I literally am the CEO. You know, the CEO of um, plastic chairs that don't crack dot com. <laughs> Looking at a plastic chair now. You know, curtains that block the sun effectively and are still pretty dot com. I'm the CEO. That's it. You're already there at the end. You just started. So you see that all of technology and all of everything is supporting the same concept. Now in this generation, you just start and you can already be at the end. The end is wedged in the beginning, the beginning is wedged in the end, etc. It's all one piece. So, and, and Akev, um, no, wait, I don't want to, sorry, I jumped paragraphs. So, so this is a very powerful concept. And when it comes to the month of Elul, it's the same thing. Elul starts with an Aleph, but it's already propelling you to the end. Because through the beginning of the Vaita, when you're only at the Aleph state, you have already reached the completion of the Avaita. It's all, it's all one piece. Just eliminate the time factor. How do you eliminate the time factor? Well, there's one easy way. Jump up to the level of Yudke Vavke, Havaya, Hashem as he is above the world, past, present, and future is all one piece. When past, present, and future is all one piece, that means I started I started my first day on the job. I'm already the CEO on that level where past, present, and future are all one piece. So, and this is going to be maybe the long summation for, yes, for this sikha. So what do we have to do? In this month. And we're, what are we here for? Asher in the Geula. And Akev. Akev in time. End of the whole process. Ikfasidim Mashiach. So we're saying. Akev means the last seconds. Ikfasidim Mashiach. From the word Ikvayim. The lowest level. We kind of are. Of all the generations when they had incredible kavanas and reached incredible heights, and we're given a different, a very earthy avida, very earthy avida, kind of the lowest. Just like the heel of the foot is the lowest part. So the generation of Ikhlas to the Meshika is the lowest generation of all the generations. Here we go. And there's great darkness in the world. And we see some not such pleasant stuff going on. It says, the ikvas meshicha chutzpah yisage. In the ikvas of the meshicha, there's a lot of chutzpah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, raise your hand is like, chutzpah? No, I have never seen any. Like, great. I'm so happy for you. But, that's it. A lot of chutzpah. So, because it's the most insensitive gener- generation. Somebody was just complaining on Shabbos that he goes to Shul and there's no sense in his community of older Hasidim and younger Hasidim. You know, they're like, hey, you're, you're sitting in my chair. He said, that we were brought up, you know, you, you say, Rabbi, you know, etc. And you, and you stand up when he comes in the room. And here they're like, you're, you're sitting in my seat. It's like, what is going on? Because the lowest generation. There's not even a sense of it. That's on the one hand. So it's kind of like the lowest of low. On the other hand, it's Saifa Achris. It goes on the end of Gullus. Just before you might Mashiach. Kala Kala Kitten. We're ready for the Gula. And especially in this generation, as we said, as the Fidik Rebbe said, that we finished everything, we just have to polish the buttons, and the and the only thing is, is the one move from Hashem to take us out of Galus into Eretz 
And therefore, we, we call out with great strength, Admasai. And the unity of both these explanations, through this, that Ixasid and Mashiach is the lowest. The heel, the heel. You know, and dig in your heels, you're part of the earthiness. No wonder, if you're part of the beach, your beach energy, your heels are part of the beach. On the beach, people are acting beachy, and it's not very elegant. So people like you say, hey, you're in my place. Uh, you're in my place. They're beachy. You know, they're earthy. <laughs> Fairly animalistic. So, um, but Dafka there is revealed the, the completion. <coughs> Excuse me. So you have the unit, the union of the two. Gaila with the Aleph. In the third base of Migdash, which is a threefold place, first base of Migdash, second base of Migdash, all put together, all the miles of both in something eternal. You have the union of Anila Daily. So, what are we supposed to be doing when it's the month of Elul? We're going to be Shabbos Mavarcham Elul. What are we supposed to be doing? Because we are in a situation of Akev. We're not very sensitive to godliness. We're not sen- we we don't have the sensitivity as that other generations did to these kinds of things. On the on a on a deeper level, we do. You know, we're very. We may have the sensitivity of things that we want, not necessarily do we know how to act, but but we have the ability to arouse and arouse in other Yidin and arouse, so to speak, in Hashem Where are we going in the world? Hashem, where are you going in the world? We have that ability to arouse in Hashem that question. Hashem, where are you going? Where are you taking us? According to all Cheshbonis, that that Hashem showed us in His Tyra and in, in the miracles that He made in the world, Hashem should have long ago brought the Gula Mitzvah and especially then the Rebbe said in that year, and we just came from the three weeks when we were involved in learning the halachas of the base and English. And Hashem considers it as if we are building it when we learn it. And we're after the 15th of Av. When, by learning Tyra at night, you add life to your life. That's the sikha that we have to learn. How you add life, literally, to your life. And we are at the end of two Shabbases after the 15th of Av. And keeping two Shabbases you get get Geula. So, so Shabbos Mavarchem Elul, the king is in the field, and he smiles at everybody. So we receive in this place, in this time, the greatest kaychus, and we have the greatest chus and obligation to cry out to Hashem Ad Masai. And since We've finished everything. So we're screaming out Admate to Hashem. So here is a screaming question. And the screaming question is the following. We finished everything. How is it possible that God forbid the Mashiach still isn't here? And here says the Rebbe is a thought. We know that there's a letter from the Baal Shem Tov, and he answers Melech Mashiach, Mashiach, you know, when will you come? And Melech Mashiach says, when your wellsprings will be spread out. In this Mashiach is dependent spreading out the wellsprings of Tyre and Chassidus and the deepest parts of Tyre into the furthest, furthest, furthest places. Furthest corners of the world and furthest, furthest corners of reality. So after all the things that we've done, 
and that of Rabbeinu Nisienu that they'd done in spreading out to the entire world with such an unimaginable um, expansiveness and to every kind of Yid. Maybe there's one kind of Yid that hasn't yet reached Gothnit. And we know that our Rebbeim um, was so involved with this that that every Yid can see it. So, here's a question. Here's a point. Uh, um, in addition to all the explanations of Panimus Atira, um, we've reached all kinds of people. Okay, so what do we have? There are those people who, God forbid, cannot see. So we have the wellsprings of Chassidus, and they reach every kind of yid. All the things that were done, we can say, there was one type of out there, furthest corner that is waiting to have the wellsprings reach it. And what is that? There's a kind of person, they're called Sage Nahar. Officially they can't see because they have such a, a wealth of light. Their eye just isn't enough of a vessel to let it go. To let it go through. And there's a type of letter that hasn't yet absorbed the light of Hasidus. You know, letters of writing. And that's Braille. That's Braille. And so what? A Tanya was printed in Braille. It's understood that it's a very external, external, out there, out there place for Tyra to reach. Because we could say, if the whole of it is open your eyes to see Mashiach, and here you're talking about people who cannot open their eyes with their physical eyes to see Mashiach, it's not going to work in the same way. So when the Tanya is printed in Braille, that's the Chiddush. That the Tanya is printed for people who physically cannot see. And even though the Tanya, until now, did not reach all Yidden, the fact that it exists in Braille, that brings into the wellspring of Hasidus this type of external, out, you know, furthest corner. Once a Tanya is written, is printed in Braille, it has now brought the furthest corners much closer in. Now, even that corner was reached. Not everybody had to have read it, but that corner was reached. And it gives the possibility for the wellsprings of Chassidus um, to spread out there. And especially the Tanya. That Tanya in Braille came to this house. The 770, they're the same. Base Knesset, Base Medrash, Base Maisin Saivim, where right, the Dalit Amos of Nesidarenu, the place from which all the Chassidus goes out to the world. And now that furthest extreme Tanya came to 770. The one that's out there came in here. And we were Zaycha to continue the Avaita here. So the Sefer Tanya is the Torah of Chassidus. So we understand that in the Tanya, all things of the wellsprings of the Baal Shem Tov, as it says, Tarsha Bixav, including the whole, uh, includes the whole Tarsha Baal Peh, etc. So, what's the Nekudah here? The Geula Shlema, through Mashiach Titkenu. Whether this has a connection or not, now, it's a sure thing that take of me Yad will have the Gulamitis Fashlema and the last couple of paragraphs. And then we'll have the complete refua of all Yidin. In the future, everyone will be healed. 
our eyes will be opened up. And when Hashem comes to heal the world, whom will he heal first? Those who cannot see. Because there's Sage Nahar. Their Sage Nahar means they have a wealth of vision in a neg, in a, we see it in a negative way because there's so much light coming through their eyes, their eyes just don't work enough, work well enough to let the light through so people officially cannot see. But they have a wealth of light. And in a way that it doesn't diminish the kayak of, of, of seeing. So they will have the ability, and they do have the ability, to see what it says in Tyre. Not just read the words, but to see, to open your eyes to see Mashiach. To actually see the truth of Tyre. And then, we won't have to have letters, it says. We won't have to have letters. We won't have to have words that are written. Because we will hear Tyre from Asma Samahut, Sarukhadashim Yitikese. And Mashiach Tekenu will teach the whole nation. He'll teach all the people. And Tarah Chadasha from Asmus with more explanation, etc. And we will see Tarah and learn it through vision. And here you have all those people that once the Tanya was printed in a book for them, they are the first ones who could open their eyes to see Mashiach. Because their eyes have always been open. They have a deeper, deeper vision. He rotten. That after this moment, it should be one moment before the Geula, through the learning Sefer Tanya, through anybody who, you know, that applies to. So may Hashem immediately heal everyone from this. So that they should become Sage Nahar Lemailusa. They should become those who have a wealth of vision, not just, okay, so therefore their eyes don't really work properly, but they have a wealth of vision. In the truest sense, may they switch from the lower status to the higher status. And the same thing with us, Kainti Elano. How much do we really see of reality and see of truth? So when we're being told, open your eyes to, 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 to see Mashiach, our vision is being expanded from above in an unbelievable way. And so we will read and learn Tyra and they, those who will be healed, in a full way of learning the Torah, Gula Shlema, and the main thing, Gula Mitzvah Shlema, through Mashiach, Tekenu, Tekos, Umiyad, Mamash.